What's going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here, ready to talk some football with my good buddy, Andy Herman, the creator of the Pack-A-Day podcast and purveyor of fine Packers takes anywhere you travel on the internet. Andy, how the hell are you, man? Good. Coming off a, a fun day of practice. Obviously, we got some good news from Matt LaFleur prior to practice, which I know we're going to talk about, but things no are doubt. good, man. Absolutely. Um, yes, uh, since you mentioned it, we did get three gentlemen back on the practice field today, namely Elton Jenkins, Robert Tunyon, and Christian Watson. How much did they work? What did you see from them? What's the latest on the three new additions to the practice yeah, just, you know, three small additions, your all pro, you know, arguably tackle uh, your second round draft pick that everyone's been dying to see and your tight end who caught what double digit touchdowns uh, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, Nothing just a, a few. Yeah, just a few minor players. But no, it was really great to see all three of them back. Uh, I thought Christian Watson specifically, uh, all of them just individuals are probably not going to do team for a while yet. But uh, Christian Watson was cutting on a dime. You could see him moving extremely well. Again, to the untrained medical eye, we get, I get to pretend to be a you know Packers analyst, but I can't pretend to be a doctor um, as much as I try. But uh, you know, I, you never quite know. But man, you would never know that he was just coming off of any sort of injury. So I thought he looked fantastic. And then you know, you saw Jenkins and Tunyon um, when you were at camp. Obviously, right. you know, both guys, you know, looked really good off to the side that never, you know, you never really know until you finally see them back. But uh, I thought same thing. I thought both those guys looked really, really good. So just really encouraging to see all three guys practicing. So encouraging, no doubt about it. Packers fans got to be very excited with the news. Uh, Let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back to Friday night and talk about this game because you and I haven't chatted uh, since Friday and my goodness, Twitter is filled with opinions and breakdowns and all sorts of fun stuff when it comes to what we saw transpire. And of course, most of that starts and ends with the play of Jordan Love, the quarterback I thought played pretty well. Did he have a great game? No. Was he bad? No. Uh, but it's fascinating to me to see what a almost a Rorschach test his play has become across not just, and I'm not just you know, talking about people who watch the Packers day in and day out like you and I do, but like just nationwide, like people who maybe only tuned in for the highlights. Like it's everyone's got to seemingly have an opinion about what they see from Jordan Love. And I understand it when you're picked as the maybe then apparent heir apparent now, who knows how that trajectory plays out. I get the scrutiny is going to come, but I saw a young QB who looked worlds better than he did the first two summers and hopefully continues to improve from what we saw Friday to next Friday against the Saints. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I tweeted, I thought this is, you know, sort of the same Jordan Love that we've seen sort of so far in training camp this offseason. Some wild plays that catch your eye. Um, I mean, seeing the the touchdown throw to Romeo Dobbs was beautiful. I mean, just picture perfect, uh, both from Dobbs and Love. So those are positives. Um, I thought he was much more confident in the pocket, you know, getting to his drops, you know, a couple things, you know, the accuracy I thought was, uh, you know, a little bit awry at times, some of the layups and here's the big thing, right. And I know I'm not preaching to you here, but like you're working with a lot of backups and you don't know if guys are, you know, just a, a yard off of what Jordan love is expecting them to be. Even some of those runs or the, the plays out in the flat to the running backs where love just looks like he's a half a, you know, a second off. Is that on the running back? Is that on the quarterback? Almost impossible to know, you know, the, the, the couple throws to, or the one throw to Dobbs on the sideline where it ends up in the interception probably would have liked to see it out in front of him. Did Dobbs maybe run the route uh, half a, 
yard off, you know, who knows, right? But who knows, a couple yeah. of those accuracy things I think you'd like to see, you know, just improved upon a little bit. Um, so I thought it was, you know, sort of up and down and again, sort of a microcosm of what we've seen in camp. But I agree with you. I think this is still a step in the right direction from what we've seen the last two summers. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the stuff in the flat to the running backs. I mean, and I think it would be more concerning if I hadn't seen so many uh, excellent throws in that regard in camp. Like, Agreed. that's the thing to me where that hasn't been an issue all camp long. And it, as you're pointing out there, he's working with a lot of kind of disparate moving parts all, all across the board. I'm not worried about that. What I do find interesting, what I think I will be most interested in is, does he clean that up? from this first game to the second game this you know kind of i mentioned it a little bit on twitter this morning like this fact of life that we kind of find ourselves in in the twitter world and the internet where it's not a 24-hour news cycle anymore it's an hour-to-hour news cycle like everybody seemingly has to like stamp their kind of end opinion on something where it's obviously still a work in progress and it will be until he is given the reins if that day ever arrives to me, it's much more important to see how he takes what he sees on tape and what coaching he might get from Tom Clemens, Matt LaFleur, et cetera, and he transfers that to the work on the field, especially this week, both in the practices against the Saints, but more importantly, the game against the Saints next Friday night. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, again, I, I think there were some some real positives. And one of the things I really like about Jordan Love is, you know, you go back to his, his final year at Utah State where everything was changing around him. Things didn't go exactly according to plan. He was just the same guy down in and down out, playing and play out, game in and game out. And I thought, you know, just how he responded to a couple of those interceptions, the play that goes off of Davis's hands, the dubs pick, the Rodgers pick, like he just hung in and he kept going through it. And then eventually he gets the Danny Davis touchdown, which was another gorgeous pass. So I love that he has that mentality where whatever happened previously was not going to bother him. He's going to be the same quarterback down in and down out. Um, like I said, would have liked to have seen a couple of things that were a little bit cleaner. Uh, like how, how I'm just curious, how, like how, how would you evaluate him overall for where you would like him to be at year three in his progression? I'd love for him to be a little bit further ahead as far as consistency goes, yeah. right? I mean, I think that's, you mentioned it. There's stuff you'd just like to see cleaned up on a more consistent basis. Like whether it's, uh, the decision-making in the pocket, which I thought was pretty darn good, actually, on Friday. Yeah. But coming off of that and knowing when to get off schedule and things of that nature, I just think I think maybe you're seeing a young QB who is trying to go through his reads, right? And you're trying to be, maybe not perfect, but you're trying to do um, in-the-pocket stuff, which you've been is undoubtedly been drilled into your head. When we've seen lay athleticism, you saw it on the the uh, kind of read option there where he gets a first down, that second drive, things of that nature. And I'm not saying he's got to take off every play, but just right. trusting trusting himself a little bit more. I, I know he's probably got a ton of information being thrown at him. There's no doubt he's got a new QB coach who probably is stressing different things than the previous two years with Luke Getze. But I think just, yeah, the consistency uh, as far as the fundamentals and and just down in and down out, drive in and drive out. Those are the things where it's still that throw, the interception, the third interception to Amari Rogers. It's a head scratcher in the sense of decision-making, right? And you and I talked about this on the sideline at camp. He's good for at least one of those every practice yeah. and seemingly now every game where you just, I know we've gotten spoiled by Aaron Rodgers. You're never going to find another quarterback who is so careful with the ball has such a great TD to INT ratio. I'm not expecting Aaron Rodgers, 
but the elimination of those types of plays is necessary if he is going to be a starter in this league. You can't give the ball away, and he seems to want to do it, like I said, at least once a practice, where it's just so head-scratchingly kind of you don't get what he's looking at or, or kind of understand. And if you can just kind of iron that part of his game out, And look, I still think he's a very young quarterback and there's still time for him to do that. But that to me is the a number one thing that he needs to work out. Yeah, for me, I think one of the reasons that I still have some level of hope slash maybe confidence isn't the right word, but like some level of hope still in Jordan Love is for me, I can still you can still see. I think it's very, very clear. You can still see that he's thinking a lot like it's nothing's like completely natural yet. Like you can still see that like he's figuring out exactly where he wants like the, the throw to be. And you can see that he's still trying to like, w- kind of like working and thinking as he's going through his progressions. It's right. it's not a natural, almost anything yet, but you can see progress in all of it, right? You can see him getting to his drops quickly. I was just going to say, there are plays where you do see him kind of just hit the top of his drop and rip it. And he's and not overthinking it, right? Absolutely. Where I think you yeah. definitely saw a lot of that his first two years. And no I think doubt. that's like the, the first step in sort of getting to that point where he's not, you know, thinking quite as much anymore. And I, when Matt LaFleur's talked about like, I just want to see him rip it and throw the ball a little bit more. Right. I think it's all about playing with confidence and not not quite thinking about all those different things. And I still think, as you're mentioning, you know, new quarterbacks, coach and things like that, I'm sure he's still working on the different mechanics that he wants to master. I think he's still working on mastering this Matt LaFleur offense. I think he's still going through like all of the different things that a young quarterback goes through. If I felt like, and I, I like not, not to throw a, 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 you know, it's always fun throwing a Chicago bear under the bus, but like <laughs> a, a few years in, like with Mitch Trubisky, right. you could just tell, like he, he understood everything. Like he had everything there and you just right. didn't have it. Right. Just couldn't that's, translate it. Right. Exactly. Like that's not where I'm at with Jordan love. I still feel like there is a potential. Oh, point you're in definitely time where, seeing progression. There's exactly, no where everything just slows yeah. down and he's not thinking anymore. And if he gets to that point and just starts ripping the ball, that's where we can see those Romeo Dobbs plays type happen. The Danny Davis plays type happen. So right. the fact that we're starting to see pieces of it is encouraging, but I'm a million percent with you. The consistency piece is, is still a little bit uh, disconcerting at times. Let's look at the guys up front, not necessarily just on Friday night, though. Obviously, that, there's a lot to kind of go over when you look at the tape, what have you. But including what you saw in practice today, because I know you noted that Zach Tom was getting snaps at left guard. Yeah. It's interesting to me, just the different disparate pieces. And obviously, we've got Elton possibly coming back into the mix, right, down yeah. the line. Like, so that's a, it's a possibility. I'm not ready to say, as Matt LaFleur said, it's just one step. Who knows? But it is fascinating to me. You and I talked a lot at camp, and I believe the last time we <clears throat> talked football like this, you know, about maybe not concern, but man, the, the right side especially has been kind of pushed around throughout camp. Now, obviously, the Packers front is very talented and very good. But I was pleasantly surprised, especially with the front line, the front starters on Friday night, how well they held up uh, in pass pro. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a hell of a lot better than I was expecting. I thought we'd see a few more fire drills than we, than we ended up seeing. Yeah, no, I agree. And and as Matt LaFleur mentioned, they did a lot of quick passing concepts, which I think helped some of that out a little bit, but, um, but I do think when, and, and as Matt mentioned as well, when he needed time more often than not, he had the time to throw the football and stand up tall in the pocket. And I think there was a, a level of encouraging, you know, you know, just 
seeing how things progressed in that regards there. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's still reason for hope. And as we know, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins cure a lot of ills if all of a sudden they're back ready to go. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I think Zach Tom is, is really interesting. I thought he played a pretty darn good game. Man, if Josh Myers can progress and play uh, like I thought he did in, in that game and really be the, the stalwart center that they need him to as a, a second-round pick from a season ago, that would be a huge step in the right direction. Very confused as to the John Runyon Jr. Uh, not getting snaps with the one and Zach Tom. I think that's just probably a one-off and maybe John needed I, I got to suspect that that's just seeing what, what how Zach fits, right? I and think can so he too. make the moves that are necessary and the more you can do, right? I don't think exactly. it really says anything about Runyon other than they just want to see Zach at that position. I think so too. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest tell there is that it's not like now Runyon was working with the twos, right? Like if you, if exactly. all working right. with the one exactly. and now Runyon's with the twos, now that's a tell of like, okay, something's up here, but they're actually making a switch getting, or thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you though. I think overall that first game for the offensive line was, uh, was a win, especially with how green Bay's defensive line has sort of been kind of handling them at times in uh, practice so far. And you mentioned a couple of the receivers, obviously uh, Romeo Dobbs, future Hall of Famer, uh, had his first touchdown in the preseason. Always good to see him get involved. And then the Danny Davis play, I'm telling you, man, and I know I, I've talked your ear off about this kid, but I, he has had such a solid camp. And to see him get out there on Friday night and produce and a back shoulder throw too, which is no easy task. I mean, that's not a simple play that he makes there on that ball from love. I was so encouraged by what we saw obviously from Dobbs, but even Davis, I think is going to, if he can continue now, obviously that's the, the key. You, you haven't arrived, but if he can continue to do what he's done all throughout camp and then Friday night, again, I still don't think he's like knocking down to the door to the 53, but he is certainly making a case for the practice squad. Yeah. I, I said last week before the game, I said he, to me, he's a lead pipe lock for the practice squad. I think, I don't think there's a way he can crack the 53, although he keeps making plays like that. And I wouldn't totally uh, know. Um, I don't think he gets claimed, but again, you keep making plays like that and, and maybe somebody takes a look at him, but uh, there's, right. I think they would be beyond thrilled to get him back on the practice squad. The only thing holding Danny Davis back at this point is the fact that he's not like this elite level athlete, right? He's not yeah. super tall. Yeah. He's not super fast. He's not super anything. He's just really good at the sport of freaking football. Um, um, and it's just really fun to watch him play. I think he'd probably, you know, primarily be a, a slot wide receiver, but man, what a great play on the outside. He continues to make plays practice after practice. And now I've been incredibly impressed and we would not be in, you know, August at, at uh, 1265. If we did not have another undraft, I actually thought this. Uh, like, Got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> and I'm right. like, if, I'm like, who's going to like, and I'm like, this is right. up to Danny Davis to continue the tradition. Cause there was no other undrafted wide receiver on the roster. He's, I'm like, he, it's up to him. Help to us Danny Davis. You're our only the, hope. <laughs> the Tory Gurley's the Deandre Burrell's the Alan de reads like 30 years Amazing ago. Like, pull. Wow. We can just go on forever. Of, like there's always some undrafted Chaston West. Like we could, but uh, no, wow. kudos to Danny Davis. Like the, he he's building the building the foundation for another uh, random wide receiver tearing it up in camp. But he he's earned it and he's deserved it. He's been awesome. Uh, no question about it. Um, but then we move from wide receivers to tight ends, and who baby Tyler Davis, buddy, what happened? I mean, I actually think he's had a good camp, and I know I saw that you kind of said that he hasn't done anything special, which is probably true. But I think he's made plays every day as far as like yeah. getting open and, you know, being in the right spot and making the catches that are thrown to him, et cetera. He hasn't been outstanding. My, he hasn't like made any wow plays, but he's had, I think, a pretty good camp. But holy cow, whether it was the obvious drop that ended up, 
you know, in the interception, that was kind of the highlight of his poor day, but also inline blocking some of the stuff on the perimeter. I just, I mean, what a bad showing from a guy who I was thinking was pretty set, but man, you get Tunyon back and Dominic Daphne maybe starts making an ascension. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I still think he's got a lot ahead of him. I think if he can kind of turn it around from one bad performance, he's going to be okay. But holy Toledo, that was disappointing to say the least. Man, we went, uh, you know, a month, to three weeks ago, like where I was pretty convinced that Tyler Davis was probably going to start as tight end one against Minnesota, assuming that right. Tunyon probably wasn't going to be back in time. And like you said, all of a sudden Tunyon's back. He has a rough day. DeGuara's had a pretty solid camp. Daphne's had a solid camp. Mercedes Lewis isn't going anywhere. And you start doing some, uh, you know, roster math pretty quick. And you're just like, just man, you have a couple more days like that where you're dropping passes that end up in interceptions and have at least two plays that were completely blown up because of failure to block. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, that, that changes things pretty quick. So I'm still very bullish on his overall talents. I think he, I I think he has a lot of right. skills that you really, yeah. really like. I think he probably is still on the um, better than, you know, or, you know, expected to make the roster. Good chance. Good chance. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. definitely. But, um, but yeah, he's, I think he's still, uh, you know, now has some work to do, but I, he had a nice catch today uh, in the the middle of the field from Rogers, there hit him in go. stride, um, you know, separated easily. So those are the things like you said that you see show up from time to time. Just again, that consistency thing where, you know, similarly to Jordan Love, you just like to see it a little bit more day in and day out. Maybe. No doubt. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have breaking news coming out of Green Bay. The Packers have defensive line depth. And I know it's one preseason game. We've only seen a couple weeks of practice at camp. I understand all the caveats. I'm ready to declare it. I don't care. Everything I've seen, they have depth along the defensive line. I'm not telling you they're all superstars or anything. But holy cow, I have never seen a group of guys who collectively are going to be lucky to crack the 53 put on a better performance throughout a preseason game in green Bay in a long time at that position. Chris Slayton was shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, especially considering I haven't seen a ton of him in camp. Obviously we'd spend a lot of the times watching the ones when they split up, but even when I did watch the twos and threes, wasn't particularly impressed. Didn't think much of him. But I tell you what, he put on a damn show Friday night. I was very surprised. Yeah, he put on a show. And you know, going into that game, one of the things I was most excited about was a potential D-line. Of, and this is going to sound crazy, but uh, this is just a weirdo that I am. But TJ Slayton, Jack <laughs> Efflin, and Jonathan Ford. Like that yes. was one of the things that I was really excited about is watching that group. Um, you mentioned Chris Slayton. I thought he had a nice game. Man, Jack Heflin is oh, very improved from a season love ago. This kid. I, I really do too. He, he seems to put on, yeah, put on more functional strength. Um, I feel like he's a, a bit quicker than he was towards the end of last season. Um, I, I don't know where they go. If they keep six defensive linemen, if they just try to get a bunch of these guys back on the practice squad or what they do, Jonathan Ford is definitely flashed at times as well, but man, like the fact that they could potentially go six deep on the roster and then maybe add guys like Ford and Slayton or Heflin and Slayton uh, to the practice squad at uh, Chris Slayton, not TJ, obviously, but like those sort of guys to the practice squad and not, not only have, you know, five to six guys that you can play in a rotation on game day. But um, if a couple of guys are hurt to be able to pull up guys like that from the practice squad too, man, that would be unbelievable. And it just really goes to show what a great job that Brian Gutekinds has done putting together this very, very talented defensive line. I mean, no question about it. It's just exciting to think about the fact that how many years have we had, like needed to play Kenny 98% of the snaps. And even then, like you knew the stuff around him probably wasn't going to hold up that well. And 
we got a long way to go. Obviously, I understand, but man, uh, I'm excited about the defensive line. You know, and, I'm I've been I've been crying for help for for Kenny for ages, and it feels like they finally got. It. And the, the cool thing I, I think here too for this line is that I feel like all of these guys can really benefit from the fact that they don't have to play a, a ton of snaps, right? Like if Kenny, like you said, right. can play like right. 60, 70% instead of 80, 90. But like if Dean Lowry is now in that 30 snap range, if Jerron Reed is in that 30 snap oh, range, if TJ Slayton is in that 20 yes. to 30 snap range, if Devontae White as a rookie is in that 20 to 25 snap range, like if all of these guys are kept fresh and then even guys, whether it's the sixth guy, whether that's Heflin or Jonathan Ford, to me, there's a, there's a role on rundowns for 10 snaps per game for one of those guys to, to hold. As well, as well, like you yep. all of a sudden get that rotation going, and man, it is going to keep Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker clean. It is going to make the jobs of Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith coming off the edge easier, and you're just not going to find a ton of space inside. Like I'm, it's one of the things I'm most excited about this season is, is where that defensive line is at right now. And then you, uh, you know, roll back to the defensive secondary, and it was funny to watch play out on Twitter when Leave It brought uh, let that kind of gave up the touchdown, right? The bit, the bomb, just the, I believe it's the second drive for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. And instantly my Twitter feed is like, oh, I told you the quarterback depth is suspect. I'm like, does anyone realize that's a safety? Like, yeah. it was hilarious. Like, people who've covered the team for a long time, I'm not naming names, but we're like, oh, God, you know, the corners back depth is real suspect. That's a safety. Yeah. A safety. Now, obviously, I know Rico Gafford. And, you know, gave up a pretty significant completion later on, et cetera. But look, you're never going to have 100 percent depth everywhere along your along your D or along your team. I understand that. Um, And it sucks that I know Leva got hurt. Um, Sounds like he'll be out for a a decent amount of time. But I tell you, one guy who really caught my eye, I thought I had a really nice game was uh, it was a cornerback in uh, Shamar Jean Charles. I I thought he played pretty well. I, I didn't think he was perfect, but. You talk about a guy who, when and if they do want to utilize like a, some kind of dime set, which we haven't seen a ton of at camp. But I tell you what, I think he's had a pretty good camp, and I thought he had a pretty nice game on Friday night. Yeah, the two corners that I, I think have the opportunity to fill those those backup roles pretty solidly are Shamar and Keyshawn Nixon. Keyshawn Nixon right. um, has made a couple plays in the slot and camp, even just being back for about a week now. Um, that have, have really caught my eye. I think he gave up three completions, but all of them he was like right money on the spot, right there, quick tackle, right. everything like that. You know and what? Then, I, you know what? Real quick, you know what that reminded me of? Remember the very first week that um, uh, Razul Douglas played after getting picked up by the Packers and yeah. he, he got a handful of snaps and it was one of the exactly what you're talking about. Like they, I can't remember who it was, but it was in October and they play whoever they played completed like two or three passes on him. But every single time he was right there and the guy went absolutely nowhere. And I just remember thinking, okay, this kid's physical as hell. Like he's not, yeah. you know, like if, if you may catch the ball, but you are not going anywhere. That's what the Keyshawn stuff reminded me of. Like it, it's sure. It's the sign of a guy who's played in the league and knows, okay, I might give up a, a, a completion or two, but I'm going to damn well make sure there's no yak afterwards. Maybe this isn't going to sound super sexy to a lot of people, but like, I think there's a legit chance that he can be a better version of Chandon Sullivan this upcoming season. And I mean, like that, if, if that's the case, really, that's, that's, you need, yeah, that's, yeah. you need ditch diggers, right? And if your ditch digger exactly. is better than the old ditch digger, I'm all for it, man. 
and at a, at a vet minimum deal with, I don't think any guaranteed money, like to find that type of player who's also going to be a core special teamer for you, who knows the special team system. Like to me, that's one of the, if he can be what I think he has the potential to be, I think that's one of the, the real key underrated signings for Green Bay this offseason. But Shamar too, like I, when I watched him a season ago, he really struggled. I thought in camp, I thought he struggled in preseason. He got a cup of coffee and it just, I, I didn't see much. And then this year he's been much more aggressive. He's been much more physical. Um, I've been really enjoying how he's, you know, sort of attacked his business and going about just covering people and being a lot more pesky than he was a season ago. So probably again, not going to be perfect, but as a number four, number five corner, the list of teams in the NFL who don't have a corner better than Shamar at number five, potentially. So um, no, I, I think I'm a little bit better. I feel a lot better actually watching Nixon and, and Shamar and where I feel now than I did, you know, probably a, a month or two ago when I was looking at this cornerback depth chart and being like, man, after the top three, it could be a problem. But I think both of those two, right. if you need them a little, you know, you know, bit by bit basis, week by week, I think you could be okay there. I totally agree. Um, obviously, we're required to talk about the special teams because they're a third of the the team, or that's what they always tell us. Um, <laughs> it was unfortunate that the whole game started on a penalty on special teams. It, it was a nice welcome back, though. It made you feel warm and cozy and like no time had passed, and you're right where you, you picked up right where you left off. And then O'Donnell's first punt was less than stellar. Um but I will say overall, you know, I know Burkich had the really horrible shank, but as it turns out, he was dealing with a hamstring injury. He's now been released. I know they picked up another kicker, but I'll tell you what was encouraging. The operation seemed good. That's that was my takeaway right there. Like the operation on kicks uh, seemed solid. I know it was just extra points, but all seemed well for the most part in that regard. Yeah, that seemed well. There was. No crazy long snaps that I noticed at first glance. Uh, right. You know, obviously, right. again, they, they get a new kicker in. We'll see what happens there. I think O'Donnell will be just fine. I don't think he's ever going to be a spectacular punter, but I think he'll be able to do the job, you know, fairly well throughout the course of the season. You had the big kick return by Amari, which was uh, encouraging, even though I think it was a little bit more worse uh, kick coverage than it was. I was uh, going to say, he took it. Hey, and part of the gig, though, is you got to take advantage of their mistakes. Exactly. And he certainly did that. Absolutely. Yeah, he's looked much better as a returner, uh, even in, in practices as well. So I think there were positives there. Still a lot of work to be done, but we've said it over and over. Like, just be like the 25th best special teams. I don't need you to get top of the league if you're just No, no, there. no, Andy, not anymore. I want playmakers. I want people who want to go win the game on special teams. Let's go, right. Andy. It's a new day. It's a new dawn in Green Bay on special teams. I will teams. take it. If, if we can get about. that, I will, I, will, I will gladly take it. I love it. Andy, I can't thank you enough for hanging out talking Packers and football and all things green and gold with me. We'll be doing it throughout the season. Andy, if you, if you don't know Andy's work, you're clearly living under a rock. Uh, make sure you check out his stuff with the pack a day podcast over at Packer report. He's the best in the business. Andy, thanks so much for joining me. Matt. Appreciate it. Aaron. Talk to you soon.